time. It's just that for for my own safety tonight, I had to put the kibosh on some behavior. He's done because, it to me. But he's done thing. it to me if too. If you applaud negative behavior, then they think it's okay. Yeah. I used to teach small children, and if you give them positive reinforcement for a negative behavior, they think the negative behavior because it yields attention not all, uh, negative he is positive. just a you little can't. boy lashing out right now and i'm so mad about it because it's like uh, it's a lot of men too like my cousin's husband who's just sitting there lashing out because someone got mad at him for not wearing a mask one time like the reason why he's being like this is because he was like oh well i wasn't wrong for not wearing a mask that one time and now you guys are mad at me like i was never wrong you know, like, that's how it is with men sometimes.
Since I was a little boy with a toy gun Is it more of this, more of this, more of this than Just waiting on a world Just waiting on a world Just waiting
Hi! Wow. Welcome to Weekly Review with Roman. Today it is Friday, April 2nd, 2021. Thank you so much for tuning in. Started off with some music we heard, Shame, by Evelyn Champagne King. And then we heard Waiting on a War by the Foo Fighters. And we'll be playing some music throughout the show today. Also some news items, some articles, a few things just to uh, share what's going on in the world. So thanks so much for tuning in. Perhaps it's your first time. Perhaps you've listened before. Either way, I really appreciate you listening in. We're broadcasting live from Mutiny Radio, which sits on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatouche Ohlone people. And we have more information if you go to weeklyrev.org and click on our land acknowledgement tab. We've got resources there, places to donate, as well as a link to Radio Free Alcatraz. I was uh, on a bike ride with a friend of mine the other day, and we biked up close to Fort Mason and saw Alcatraz, and we're talking about when Alcatraz was occupied in the late 60s, early 70s. And there's a, a link on our page to an article about Radio Free Alcatraz, which then has, uh, you can listen to clips from that that uh, John Trudell did, and really empowering. And uh, it's the history of this country that um, a lot of us don't know about. So I recommend checking that out. Also, I am been doing the audiobook thing for the most part over the past year. I've been you know reading a few books, but um, also just doing audiobooks while I go on walks. And I'm currently listening to one by Cliff Nesteroff called We Had a Little Real Estate Problem, which is about Native American comedians. And it's really interesting and really good. Uh, Cliff Nesteroff also wrote this book called The Comedians that came out, I want to say like 2015-ish. That was also... Um, really good there are better there are better words to use than good but just like informative and riveting and this book is is the same so i highly recommend it you can either get a a copy from your favorite local bookseller um and or you can listen to the audiobook it's available on libby so i highly recommend it okay oh oh sometimes starting off with a rant Oh, goodness. Uh, oof, this world. I had a, in my dream last night, I was in a different country, and I felt so relieved. And even though uh, there's a lot of tumultuous things that are happening around the world in various other countries, it still was this absence of tension, which I don't think would be true, but in my dream, I was like, oh, whew. And just feeling that. I think I had a lot to say, and then now, again, it's, I think of things ahead of time, and then sometimes I get here and I want to be, uh, I want to use the time wisely, and yes, two hours is a long time, and also I want to fill it with uh, wisdom, and truth, and information, so perhaps a little bit later on I will, I mean there's plenty of things to be angry and furious about, so I'm sure that'll it'll come up, but at the moment I'll just uh, start off with sharing uh, a few things that come to mind here that I've set aside to share on the show today. First is uh, the, there's a 2021 Abolitionist Youth Organizing Institute, AYO NYC, and it's put on, there's a fundraiser by the Flux Factory, Inc., and they're looking to raise a total of $70,000. Right now they're up to almost $53,000, so they're like more than 70% at their goal. And uh, a quote at the top, in the last few weeks of our fundraiser, we are running a raffle to give people who donate at least $10 a chance to win free items. After making your donation, you can visit, and they have a link, enter the raffle, and we'll post a link to this on our website, weeklyrev.org, so you can read more about this and also donate. 
Uh, I'll just read a little bit here so you all know. Uh, the Abolitionist Youth Organizing Institute, hosted by Project NIA, is an immersive seven-day training experience for young people ages 16 to 24 who are interested in and or are already working towards social justice. The training will introduce participants to the concepts of prison industrial complex, abolition, organizing, direct action, creative resistance, and transformative healing justice. The Institute will cover the basics of organizing from an abolitionist framework with the goal of helping participants find and define and sustain their role within movements for social justice and change. Very fucking awesome. And yeah, we'll provide a link um, or you can, it's on, uh, the fundraiser is also on Chuffed, which is uh, C-U, excuse me, C-H-U-F-F-E-D dot org. And uh, it's going to be up for another five more weeks that you can donate. So we'll provide a link. I'll say that out loud to remind myself to put a link on our webpage. So we'll do that. I've got an article. Oof, I might get to that one a little bit later. Um, from It's going down about how militarized law enforcement doesn't protect us uh, from uh, anything. Um, it's kind of a, I think a lot of us are already quite aware of that. There's an article from It's Going Down that I will most likely share later on. Uh, sometimes it just depends on how I'm feeling uh, with what I feel like I have the capability to, to share and read. So we will be most likely getting to that a little bit later. I haven't done any interviews on the show in a while, and I miss doing them, and I really appreciate when I'm able to talk with folks. And for me, part of it's just been... Uh, wanting to show up when I speak with folks, quite often it's about very, can be very intense subjects and personal subjects for folks, and I think part of it for me is wanting to be able to show up when I, since I've been doing the interviews ahead of time, uh, since we're not having folks in the studio at the moment, uh, just wanting to be fully present and aware, and um, it's not that I don't feel aware during the week, it's more that I want to I guess do the best I can when I'm speaking with someone, and I think I'm just having more time to be introverted lately, and I definitely appreciate and value when, when folks come on, and I know those are the episodes that are, I feel like, far more powerful um, to have more people speaking and more perspectives, absolutely, and also recognizing uh, it might be a couple more weeks before I get back into it. And then also some of it is just me being assertive and going out and uh, checking in with folks who'd like to be on the show. So I'm, you know, putting that out there in the universe, and I would like to be able to return to that format. And if you'd like, uh, for the past few years, many years, we've had a lot of folks you can check out on our archive. And the first, a uh, little over the first year, that's not available in the archive just yet, but I've also just spoken to so many... Uh, people over the years who have really just, I just totally value their perspective and uh, their knowledge. So we look back to, we look forward to doing that in the future, and uh, it's been quite a year already. So hopefully we'll do that very soon. I'm going to read from a few, let's see, I'm just going to be random here. Sometimes uh, <laughs> this is me phoning it in, even though we're talking about very serious things. Uh, I'm going to be sharing some emails. Uh, from different organizations, and again, this show is, a lot of this is, yeah, the world's fucked up, uh, there's systemic racism, there's state violence, uh, there's climate change, there's uh, so much in the world feels backwards, especially in the, particularly in this country, it was founded on genocide and chattel slavery, 
and there's the huge wealth disparities and billionaires got even richer during the pandemic and there are people living on the street next to empty vacant luxury quote unquote luxury buildings and it's impossible i think just to go outside or to be anywhere to realize this and to not feel that things are terribly wrong and it's it's it almost it also feels insurmountable knowing how deep uh, the injustice is and how long it's been going on for and how much has been planned and there are folks who have been organizing for since forever so I also want to provide ways that folks can tune in and there are so many ways that folks can show up regardless of who you are where you are what you're capable of there are ways to check in with other folks and work to create a world that even if we don't see it in our lifetime might be better for the next generations it also reminds me of the uh i wanted to play the clip from night court <laughs> that might seem um and not anachronistic but um a little bit out of place however i played it on the show before when uh, sandy berman passed away sandy berman was a comedian and actor and night court was one of my favorite shows back when i was growing up so i think it was one of the few shows that actually had queer people on um, even though they weren't main characters. It had its issues for sure, especially in the last few seasons. However, uh, I think part of it also just talked about how fucked up the uh, quote-unquote justice system is. And <sighs> there was one episode uh, that addressed mental health that I thought was really um, done quite well. And I had uploaded it to YouTube, and I, when Sandy Berman was alive, I had shared it with a, he had like a fan club or something, and he commented on it and how it was... Uh, difficult because this was like a sitcom and he gave this very serious poignant monologue and it felt kind of out of place a bit and then YouTube took out took down the uh, the episode because that's what YouTube does so um, but I do believe someone else has uploaded it <laughs> and uh, oh it's um, yeah but I would share it. So I am looking it up right now, and it might take a moment. So I'm going to play a, another song, and then I'll get into Actually, you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to share uh, upcoming event items, and then I'll look for uh, I'll look for this clip while I'm playing some music. And this is from Surge. Uh, there's a racial justice book club, The End of Policing. That's happening on Saturday, April 10th from 2 to 4 p.m. You can RSVP online. This is from Surge San Francisco. So if you look online, S-U-R-J-S-F, you can find information there. So they're talking about the book, uh, The End of Policing by Alex Vital. Vital's book draws on groundbreaking research from across the world to demonstrate how law enforcement has come to exacerbate the very problems it is supposed to solve. There's also tomorrow on April 3rd from 10 to 11.30 a.m. Saturday, People Powered Policy with James King of the Ella Baker Center. Hosted by Serge Contra Costa, join James King of the Ella Baker Center for a presentation and discussion of the criminal justice system and the Ella Baker Center's 2021 policy agenda. The Ella Baker Center for Human Rights works to shift resources away from carceral institutions and into under-resourced communities. We also have quick actions. One uh, for here in San Francisco, call on San Francisco supervisors to stop secret surveillance. Right now, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors is considering an amendment which would which could allow surveillance activity to be carried out using borrowed equipment without the knowledge of the public. That's really fucked up. Uh, send a message to the San Francisco Rules Committee and tell them to vote down this proposal. 
they have a link uh, where you can take action. I'm clicking on it now. And uh, let's see. I think the best way is I will uh, provide, I'll share this link on our webpage, weeklyrev.org, so look out for that by the end of the day. Um, I'm sure also if you go to the Surge webpage, you can find information there. You can also uh, donate to support AAPI victims, survivors, and communities. In light of recent attacks on Asian American communities, many organizations are seeking donations to support victims and survivors while investing in Asian American communities. And they have a link of different orgs you can support. One is San Francisco API Victims and Survivors Fund, which provides direct service and financial resources to assist victims and survivors of violence and their families with trauma, injury, and financial hardship. There's also the AAPI Community Fund, which supports organizations that empower and uplift the AAPI community with initiatives such as increased community safety and support for those affected by violence. So they've got a few more things here. There's also just an ongoing event that is Bystander Intervention to Stop Anti-Asian American and Xenophobic Harassment. And uh, this is how you can learn how to intervene effectively as a bystander without ever compromising your safety. So they have a link there. Also, uh, demonstrations and de-escalations training that's happening on Wednesday, April 21st from 6.30 to 8, 8 p.m. And uh, a lot more information. You can also sign up for their newsletter so you can get emails like this that share all these upcoming events. Uh, you can, yeah, email them at... Uh, surgesf at gmail.com. Also, if you have anything to add, you can email them at surgesf, the plus sign, newsletter at gmail.com. All right. So let's see. Oh, these are some, hmm. going through the music here. And okay, play some music, and then we'll be back in a bit. So please do stay tuned. Just facts. 
will make any necessary motions. You mean I can change my mind and not go in? No! Ow! You can talk! Get comfy, everybody. We don't know how long he's been storing this up. Don't go, buddy. Don't leave me by myself. Oh, don't worry, Al. The place you're going is great. I've been there. The staff is wonderful. The equipment is great. And, ooh, the linoleum. Green <laughs> with those little speckly things in it. <laughs> Buddy's right. These people can't help you. You know, that psychological therapy stuff, that's real. I don't know what's real anymore. Well, that's what they do in there, Al. Help you figure that out. Well, how do I know they're real? Well... Stop me there, pal. <laughs> when I was young, my mother told me Santa Claus was real. But then, when I got older, she told me he wasn't. One book says Jesus is real. One book says he isn't. We're living in the greatest country in the world. And we're Murdering each other in the street. What did they expect when they made us believe in the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny and then gave us the nuclear bomb to play with? Hey, diddle diddle, the cat and the fiddle is a lie like all the rest. The astronauts killed the man in the moon. Growing up took care of the rest. I don't know anything anymore, buddy, except that when I'm around you, I don't feel so lost. If you leave me, I think I'll die. Could be a bad tooth. <laughs> Don't worry, Al. We'll get through this together. I'm coming in there with you. Are you sure about this, Mr. Ryan? Buddy, you're doing this for my benefit. I need the rest, Phil. Besides, if some of the stuff Al is saying about Santa is true, we both got some things to work out. <laughs> I'm not sure who belongs inside anymore. All right, court's dismissed. See you later, buddy. I'll be with you in a sec, pal. Really, lose the tie. <laughs>
so that was a clip from Night Court, and that was Shelley Berman, and I made a mistake earlier. I called him Sandy Berman, who is the name of my math teacher in high school. Not the same person. So yeah, Shelley Berman, and this was a clip you can find on YouTube uh, called Al Speaks, and uh, from an episode of Night Court, and I just feel that it's so, it just, it's always, just never loses its power, because it's so true in terms of especially in this in the United States, just how the, the stories that were told about this country um, and then the reality of it. And then how we treat people who question that. So, yeah. Also, just such a beautiful monologue. And I feel like there wasn't too many of those on sitcoms, especially in the late 80s, uh, early 90s. So I wanted to share that with you all. Once again, not the that one was not the first time I played that clip on this show, and probably won't be the last. Okay, uh, coming up, I did want to share <laughs> another song, and uh, the song we played before was uh, Dave and Sam, not Sam and Dave, uh, with facts. And then here's another song. The title is When Madness Makes Sense, which I think kind of uh, lines up with the uh, the mood at the moment.
Okay, and welcome back. Next up, uh, it was the Trans Day of Visibility. Uh, this past week in Gender Spectrum, wanted to share some resources as a trans person, helping, helping, helping to get some word out there for support for folks. And uh, wanted to just share a few links that folks can go to. Um, one is for youth, families, and caregivers. There's the American Academy of Pediatrics, which uh, provides a variety of resources for families and gender diverse youth. And I will also post all of these again on our webpage. I'm just going to do that from now on. Just uh, things I'm talking about will uh, be put on the website later today so folks can have easy access to what we're talking about here. There's also Gender Spectrum. It's a great organization. I have volunteered there a number of times. They offer right now uh, free online groups for preteens, teens, parents, and caregivers, including groups for black trans, non-binary, and gender expansive teens, and POC trans, non-binary, and gender expansive teens. There's also the National Black Justice Coalition and the Cartoon Network, a guide to gender pronouns. For youth, there's Centerlink, a searchable database for LGBTQ centers, including youth programs across the US. There's also Trans Lifeline, uh, highly recommend. I mean, uh, just an awesome org. A few years ago, I uh, spoke with a couple of the uh, creators of the Lifeline, Greta and Nina, and that's a great organization to donate to. Um, so Trans Lifeline is a grassroots hotline and microgrants nonprofit organization uh, and a nonprofit organization uh, offering direct emotional and financial support to trans people in crisis for the for the trans community by the trans community. And there's also the Trevor Project. The Trevor Project is the leading national organization providing crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to LGBTQ young people under 25. And Across the U.S., there have been numerous uh, dozens of bills that have been that some assholes have been trying to pass, which would limit whether or not trans youth can participate in sports, whether or not trans youth can access health care. Um, so it's pretty fucking awful. And uh, the last week, I've uh, we shared a few steps that folks can take. So please check out last week's episode, and also on the website, we provided some links that uh, Chase Strangio uh, shared as well and uh, Raquel Willis as well so uh, either just something as simple as emailing or tweeting or calling different offices and just letting them know that uh, denying kids uh, health care is fucking immoral it's corrupt it's cruel it's disgusting um, I can think of a lot of other things to say to these people who are looking to deny kids health care it's the fact that we're even talking about this I mean I think about that a lot too with the so much that goes on on this show there are we're only uh, on this planet for a limited amount of time. And how much of this time is spent trying to prevent fucking bigots in positions of power from harming people? And or to hold them accountable when they do harm people. And it's fucking exhausting. I've said it before, I'd love to come here every Friday and play music, and I could, I know I could. And also uh, have to balance that out with also just sharing ways to push forward so we can get to a world where we can all just have a good time. It's going to take a very long time, though, because we're in crisis, right? And there's so much, so many people have been through so much trauma. There's intergenerational trauma. There's so much healing that has to be done. So even if all the violence were to stop today, it would still take hundreds of years, I think, to fully um, push to heal from all the, all the trauma that has, I mean, that word just keeps on coming up. So 
Oh, how did I get that? What was I talking about? The Trevor Project. Oh, yeah, the, the trans bills. So, also, if you follow me on Twitter at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R, I share a lot of information there about ways you can show up to push back against some of these bills. And also, some were not passed, which is great, but also the one in Arkansas, I believe, uh, that's the one that I think we are, we are as of, I think, yesterday, we're pushing for the governor to veto. He's a fucking asshole. And then, of course, on his Twitter bio, he's like, oh, I'm a proud father of four and people of six. And I'm like, well, one of your kids is bound to be trans, I hope you know, or, or non-binary and or non-binary. And you're pretty much creating laws right now that will harm your fucking grandkids and or their friends and partners. So it's just – it's so disturbing how people can just try to create this – like imagine working – and I get that some of these folks just kind of inherit their wealth or their power or whatever, but like to get to be a governor, you have to, I'm assuming, I'm assuming in a, <laughs> you would like work up to, to, to that, make compromises and, you know, work your way up and having all that power and then using your, your power to then cause harm to people, to deny people health care, which will lead to, to kids dying. It's fucking disgusting. Anyway, um, but positive is that there's ways folks can get support right so we'll also share these links on our site again thanks to gender spectrum for putting this list together okay so resources in the time of need all right uh oftentimes on this show i have different ways of lining up the news stories and articles to read oh here's one stop the biden administration from implementing this dangerous trump era regulation which one is it because there's a lot uh, as, as, a, as far as i know uh, ice is still fucking working and there's still kids in camps oh. oh this is different though uh this email is from social security works okay i'm also on a lot of fucking email lists if you can notice i unsubscribe from them daily yet they still keep coming in and a lot of them i mean there's so much going on so much people can do all right american tax dollars are paying for medical advancements why should americans pay the highest prices in the world for them the answer lies in patience and on its way out the door the trump administration gave big pharma a gift that would make this a whole lot worse after losing the election blah 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 Okay, we have until April 5th. Okay, that hasn't happened yet, so this is good. Uh, we have to fight back against this Trump-era regulation that would put Big Pharma's profits ahead of our rights, leaving pharmaceutical corporations to price gouge the American people on taxpayer-funded medicines. Oh, you can make an official comment. Okay. And you can also send an official comment directly to the National Institute of Standards and Technology and tell the federal government to reject this massive Big Pharma handout. I'm going to click on the link now. Thank you, signed Alex, Law uh, Alex Lawson. Oh, okay. Have I already signed this? I'm not sure. Uh, well, I'll provide a link to this. And I do recognize petitions can only do so much and also better than nothing, right? Right. Send letter. All right. I took action there. In the few seconds, I took action, whatever that's worth. Great. Okay. Let's see, what else is there to share? <sighs> okay, this is from the National Lawyers Guild. And let's see. Uh, what can I share? Okay. Um, ooh, okay, so there's a social media slide deck, and um, the labor and 
employment know your rights during covid manual and social media slide deck i'm just trying to see here which is public okay okay uh, this week, we also honor Palestinian Land Day and the steadfastness of the Palestinian struggle. The NLG-SFBA is joining with thousands of other anti-racist organizations and networks to defend ethnic and Arab American studies in California against attacks from pro-Israel groups. We have submitted Public Record Act requests in support of the Save Arab American Studies Coalition and against the attempt to gut ethnic studies of its roots in Third World Liberation. And... Oh yeah, there's a lot of info here. Um, one of these things already happened, and oh yes, there's going to be a legal observer training. They have these quite often. There's going to be one on Wednesday, April 7th from 6 to 8 p.m. The NLG SFBA is holding a new basic legal observer training, which will be held on Wednesday, April 7th from 6 to 8 p.m. This training, in a specific time, this training aims to expand our capacity to support demonstrations in the Bay Area, particularly those organized by communities on the front line of state repression during COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. Legal observers play a critical role by monitoring and documenting law enforcement activity and serve as the first point of contact by which arrestees can access the legal support offered by the National Lawyers Guild. Legal observers are also increasingly needed during the ongoing eviction crisis in the Bay Area. This training has been updated to reflect what NLG SFBA legal observers have learned since the uprisings this summer. We invite legal observers to renew their training, especially if you have not participated in a demonstration in several months. In addition to new trainee legal observers, we, will ask, we ask you to attend the tra this training if, one, you were previously trained as a legal observer but never volunteered at a demonstration, two, you haven't volunteered for at least eight months, as we've revised some guidance based on learning in 2020. And three, you are a, an active legal observer in the South Bay as we're consolidating Bay Area-wide practices and need South Bay legal observers to be current on these. You can, you can contact uh, demonstrations at nlgsf.org with questions. And they have a link uh, for that. And they also have uh, root causes of forced migration. See, there's so much information out there. This is just one email I'm reading. Like, there's just tons of ways folks can show up. Okay, three-part webinar series schedule coming soon. Uh, upcoming webinars April through June 2021. In recent years, international forced migration has dramatically increased due to varying factors caused by global capitalism, militarization, climate crises, and gender-based violence. This crisis will only continue to worsen without action. Join the NLG SFBA as we seek to confront this urgent issue by learning about root causes of the of this of the bleh, of the crisis, current organizing efforts, and how we can all take action by bridging our struggles here and internationally. So that's a series that's coming up. We'll read more as that comes along. There's also a questionnaire for sex worker legal support project, um, the NLG. Um, Chapter on uh, SFA area chapter on behalf of Bay Area Worker Support is creating an attorney referral network for sex workers. This referral list will be a means to connect sex workers with movement legal aid and attorneys friendly to sex workers and informed to the specific legal challenges that sex workers face. If you or someone you know would like to be a part of this referral network, please fill out the web form below. And I'd imagine they also have internships happening in spring and summer of 2021 at the NLG. 
so much information. Oh my gosh, there's so much one can do. Wow, 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 wow. There's also um, the Santa Rita Jail Hotline in Solidarity. They are seeking volunteers who are interested to spend a few hours per week taking calls from prisoners in Santa Rita Jail. And they have a volunteer form. There's so much information here and so many ways to show up. Oh my gosh, so much. There's also a youth caucus. So I guess for more information, this is just only a fraction of what's in this, uh, this uh, email. Go to nlgsf.org. And if you're not in the Bay Area, you can look for a uh, National Lawyers Guild near you. Wow, lots of information. Okay, I'm going to take a break, uh, play some more music. And I'm a friend of mine who recommended this band called The Canals. So I haven't heard them before. Um, they said they're good. So let's hear some of their music.
where I welcomed back that last time in my gameplay, but there we go. Three songs from the Connells and or Connells. And next up, we've got some more news items. Oh. I'm going to read the article I mentioned earlier. Militarized law enforcement doesn't protect us. Is the first part of the title. This is from It's Going Down, uh, which is an anarchist news site. Find more at itsgoingdown.org. And this came out. Uh, okay. Militarized law enforcement isn't protecting us from mass shooters. This came out on March 30th and contributed by Anonymous. Uh, it's a pretty long article, so I will read uh, a bit here. As mass shootings remain a deadly reality of our daily lives, the police continue to point to them as a need for militarizing themselves and society at large. Yet militarized police often fa fall to fail to stop mass shootings from happening when they do respond. On March 24, 2021, a man shot up a King Supers grocery store in Boulder, Colorado, killing nine workers and shoppers and one police officer. And the author lives nearby and heard about the shooting when a comrade sent a local libertarian's live stream of the tragedy as it was happening. About five minutes into the live stream, and roughly six minutes since the first shots were fired, four Boulder police officers rushed into the store. They were met with what sounded like gunshots. Then two of the officers ran out of the King Supers... King Scopers. Okay, King Scopers... Uh, this, this one? Uh, entrance. This is likely the moment Officer Eric Talley was killed. For the next 45 minutes, SWAT from neighboring municipalities uh, rallied outside of the King Supers, uh, but despite their advanced body armor, firearms, and training, they did not go inside. As gunshots continued to ring out from inside the store, militarized police waited outside of the grocery store. There were around 100 police officers decked out from head to toe in protective gear, holding AR-15s huddled around the corner of an active shooting scene for fear of being ambushed as employees and shoppers hid in back rooms and under trash cans, fearing for their lives. Boulder Police Department claims that no one was killed after those four officers first entered the building, but the slow response of SWAT to stop the shooter prolonged the danger and trauma of the innocent people still trapped inside and delayed emergency medical responses for the victims. Predictably, SWAT eventually entered the store and apprehended the white passing shooter alive after he surrendered. Community members who watched the live stream were outraged by the painstakingly long response by SWAT to stop the shooting. And they have a few different tweets here. While victims' families were still trying to find out the status of their loved ones, the community was subjected to a press conference in which Boulder Police Department Commander Yamaguchi uh, eulogized Officer Tally, emphasized his status as a police officer, and made specific requests to respect his family. The nine other victims were simply mentioned as a loss of life. Commander Yamaguchi then praised the 45-minute response time of the shooting as quick and congratulated his department and the others that responded. That night, the Boulder Police Department held a memorial caravan for Officer Tally, the night of the shooting, which greatly disrupted traffic. Authorities had not yet released the identities of the victims, nor announced the death toll. Police from around the state held another memorial caravan on Wednesday for Officer Tally and no one else. Standing around outside mass shootings in military gear is unfortunately how many of these horrific attacks are handled by law enforcement. 
the police who responded to the 1999 shooting at Columbine High School were widely criticized for their slow delay in entering the school and their failure to stop the shooters. The Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, Florida occurred as an off-duty cop hired as security abandoned his post. Police responded to the shooting by arresting injured victims instead of apprehending the shooter. A Florida State Commission report on the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in Parkland, Florida, echoes what we witnessed on Monday in Boulder, stating that none of these BSO deputies immediately responded to the gunshots by entering the campus and seeking out the shooter. Further delays to stopping the Parkland shooter were attributed to police running back to their cars to retrieve body armor. Uh, in 2019, when two shooters attacked the STEM school in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, it was not the police who stopped the shooters, but students and a private security guard who accidentally shot two other students with a gun he was not supposed to have. Despite the lack of police involvement in stopping the shooting, then-President Fuckface Trump, uh, that's my words, not from the article, uh, thanked the first responders for bravely intervening in the shooting. In 2015, when white supremacist Dylan Roof attacked the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church, police arrested him the next day, well after he had completed his attack and attempted suicide. While there isn't enough information yet to determine what the Atlanta spa shooters planned, it is likely the, shooters, the shooter was apprehended after he completed his attacks and was fleeing to Florida. In 2013, when Sandy Hook Elementary School was attacked, police parked a quarter mile away from the school, walking along the tree line to get to the school, and were ultimately unsuccessful at stopping the shooting. However, immediate organization from teachers and faculty to barricade and hide children from the shooter did save lives. The same this same mutual aid was likely crucial at preventing further loss of life during this week's shooting as armored police sat and waited outside. And they have some tweets here from Unicorn Riot. You can follow them at, at UR underscore Ninja. There has been decades of police reform and militarization to respond faster and more effectively to mass shootings since Columbine, and yet we frequently see police put their own safety above that of the people they are supposed to protect. The military equipment purchases justified by tragedies like Columbine are much more frequently and effectively used against struggles for liberation than mass shooters. In Boulder, only 5% of the police department live in the city. They are not part of the community. They drive in from out of town to harass homeless people and their allies, maintain Boulder's white supermajority, and ensure that businesses the business runs smoothly. As many already know, the police have no legal imperative to protect us. In Castle Rock versus Gonzalez, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that police do not have a constitutional duty to protect someone. The police do not care about us and will almost always favor their own survival than the people they are supposed to protect. Protect and Serve is a highly effective PR campaign to trick people into thinking the police deserve the power they have and the violence they perpetrate is just the price we pay to be saved when there is a mass shooter or some other acute violence. Boulder's chief of police is expected to request additional funding for policing on April 27th as her department is losing officers left and right, which is in part due to local anti-police organizing. It wasn't a lack of equipment, personnel, or training that prevented SWAT from stopping the Boulder shooter. It was a lack of will to protect and serve the community members who were being murdered. The Boulder Police Department and their allies in city government have already begun the PR spin that the police response was swift, fearless, and effective, as police departments do after every crisis. It is imperative that community members see through the seizing of crisis to build power by police departments 
particularly when they consistently fail to protect our communities from immediate harm. The rote back padding of law enforcement for their supposed bravery at the end of every tragedy is a form of myth-making that serves to make people feel indebted to the police and, as a result, more compliant to their orders and the white supremacist hegemony they enforce. Every dollar given to the Boulder Police Department in the false hope that it will stop another mass shooting will be used to maintain the force's disproportionate stop and arrest rate of black people and their scorched earth policy on people experiencing homelessness. Wow. So really informative article talking about what's happening in Boulder and easy to see that it's uh, similar in many other places. And speaking of the police not living in the cities uh, in which they work and coming from the outside and assaulting and arresting unhoused people, black folks, brown folks, and uh, causing more harm than actually protecting people. Okay, I'll provide a link to that article in uh, on our website. All right, what's next? It's 119. I'm working on updating the website with all the links I've been sharing, at least the majority of the links I've been sharing throughout the program. Going to see what else uh, I can share before we go. Even though we got plenty of time, I wanted to share from a Barrett Kohler Publishers step-by-step um, -step guide to transform diversity and inclusion into anti-racism, and that's an article by Lily Zhang. Diversity and inclusion isn't good enough, and there's an article that uh, I will post on our website. Whew, I'm a bit tired of uh, of talking, and this is an article. I'll just I'll read the. Um, Outline, yes, and this came out on July 20th, excuse me, July 2nd, 2020, um, and I'll provide a link here. Five steps to make your company's commitment to justice a reality, and this is just the outline, and the article has a lot more detailed information. One is recognize that symbolic or one-time actions are crisis control, not solutions. Two, create a working group or cross-functional team to guide and implement the process of long-term change on top of ongoing DE and I work. And DE&I stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Three, develop a shared vision and understanding of what anti-racism looks like. And uh, some of the details under that um, is an anti-racist future. Um, so qu some questions to ask. What should the experiences of people of color be in this company? What should the experiences of white people be in this company? What is happening now in this company that should no longer happen? What isn't happening now in this company that needs to happen? What should the experiences of people of color, what should the experiences of people of color in the world, um, white people in the world, what is happening now in the world that should no longer happen? Okay, so yeah. And then four, make and implement a strategic plan to achieve your vision. And five, do the anti-racist work, uh, iterate and improve. And so yeah, lots more information. And I'll post a link to this article on our website. I'm gonna have some water. I'm going to stop talking for a bit. I'm going to play some music. And this is a, song, it's a cover, play a cover by Jenny Lewis, uh, Standing in the Doorway. today. 
to go back to now The light in this place is oh so bad Making me sick in the head All the laughter is just making me Believe it, it's hard to conceive it that you will turn away romance. Are you pretending? It looks like the ending, unless I can have one more chance to reveal my life arrest. 
chance to
thanks so much for being here. I'm gonna wrap up the show. I'm gonna provide a few more links, and then I'm just gonna play some more music for the rest uh, of the time we are here. If you enjoy the show, please do let us know. It would be greatly appreciated. You can contact me at djrimer at gmail.com. Check out our website, weeklyrev.org. Please donate to the Patreon. We have a link on our site, weeklyrev.org. Click on the Patreon link. You can also go to patreon.com forward slash weeklyrev. We're also broadcasting from Mutiny Radio, and we've got shows here every day of the week, so please do check out mutinyradio.fm. We've got live comedy outside on Friday nights, as well as other nights as well, I believe. So, uh, yeah, mutinyradio.fm. If you're interested in doing a show here of your own, please check that out. Also, this show, you can please subscribe. It's available on uh, Stitcher and various other places you find podcasts. Uh, I think there's there's another podcast app called like FM or something. I should probably look that up. Anyway, please find it with the weekly review on Mutiny Radio. I've been doing this show for a long time, and I know that everyone – Everyone, everyone, everyone has a podcast now, and uh, it, it does feel kind of funny to know that there are some famous folks out who have plenty of money and clout, and they can just do a show about, this is my shoe collection. I'm going to do a podcast about my shoe collection, and then they've got like, tons of endorsements. They have like hundreds of thousands of downloads, etc. and uh, I don't need endorsements. I don't need hundreds of thousands of listeners. However, uh it'd be helpful to be somewhat funded for this show. So if you're able to donate at all, uh, that would be super appreciated and help get the word out. And also some feedback would be greatly appreciated as well. So it's nice to know that one is, is making a difference and not just speaking into the void. So yeah, please do also on, we're on iTunes. I, I listen to a lot of other podcasts. So it's, you know, I hear other people say, Oh, like, like, and subscribe. And, and rate us five stars and all that. Like, sure, also do that by all means. And uh, spread the word. Word of mouth is, is great. And follow me on Twitter at R-O-M-A-N-R-I-M-E-R. And, uh, again, this is just uh, – I know that there, there's so much can happen in a week, and this is like – this is like doesn't even account to uh, – th- there's just so much that happens. And uh, last week I know I didn't get to uh, the congressperson in Georgia who was arrested – um, because in Georgia they're trying to like even restrict voting even further and not like let people hand out water and it's just ridiculous. So and there's also the the trial of uh, that fuckface cop in uh, Minnesota, Derek Chauvin. Ugh, just, ugh, ugh. Um, so recognizing there's all these things that are happening simultaneously and uh, wanting to to acknowledge that. So and also understand that everything is connected. And there are so many different ways to show up. Um, I mean, it starts with being aware of what's going on, and then other ways is is to show up and mentioned a lot of ways on the show today. All right, this is why I'm uh, going to just play some music. Uh, ooh, just uh, feeling a lot. So sending lots of love to everyone out there. Um, thanks for being who you are. And we'll be back next week. And oh, I'll share. So the music we played in the last block was... Uh, Jenny Lewis with her cover of Standing in the Doorway, Sarah Vaughn with Body and Soul, Oscar Du with uh, Turns to Blue, and we've played some more music uh, throughout the rest of the uh, 20 minutes that we're here. So thanks again for tuning in, and we'll be back next week.
Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie. 
San Francisco, what are you doing this week? Come join Mutiny Radio Presents for four different comedy shows supporting local businesses in the Mission District and beyond. On Sunday, join us in the Tenderloin at Resolute Wine Bar, 678 Geary, for Barrel of Laughs at Resolute, an amazing comedy show with the best wines curated by Resolute. On Wednesdays, join us at Asiento at and 21st and Bryant for dinner and a show at Asiento. Delicious tapas, incredible drinks, hilarious comedy. Wednesday nights at 7.30. On Fridays at 7 o'clock, join us outside Mutiny.